Coming up on today's Locked On NHL, the playoffs are just days away, so we're going to handicap the race. We know our eight teams, but what matchups are we hoping to see and what needs to happen in these final couple days for us to get some elite first-round matchups? It's all coming up and brought to you by the Game Time app. Make sure you download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL, and it'll get you $20 off your first purchase. This is the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Thursday, April 13th. It's the Eastern Conference Wednesday edition coming to you a day late but an hour early, recording bright and early in the morning on the second, the last day of the regular season. But tonight is the last enormous schedule. Plenty of matchups to get to. We'll talk that. We'll talk playoffs and a whole lot more. As always, it's a Battle of Ontario edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me over at Locked On Senators five days a week. And joining me, as always, it's Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. Two teams in opposite directions. Mikey, verbal meet the people on uh, on the bus. One guy's coming home at 5 a.m. after a night out. The other guy is heading to work at 5 a.m. all fresh up. That's you and me right now with the Leafs and Sens. I feel like I am kind of the guy that's going home right now, to be honest. I don't know how you wake up so early, man. Like, And you're two hours behind One. ahead of me. One. One hour. Right. One hour behind. One hour behind. 7.50 a.m. right now. Let's ride. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like a bum for actually being this tired at 8.30 in the morning. But for I just am. That's not in my wheelhouse, buddy. I'm a 9.30, 9, 9.30 guy. Just that. That half hour makes a big difference, man. Wow, does it ever. But I'm excited because you're right. There's a lot going on in the hockey world. I think it's absolutely maddening that we are in the second to last day of the NHL regular season. And there is only one matchup settled in the entire league. Like the entire league year is coming down to the final two days. I think it's it's insane. Now, we obviously, we know our teams as of last night. Goodbye, Pittsburgh Penguins. Not to celebrate at a funeral, but don't mind if I do. A 16-year streak. And again, I'm putting a little asterisk on that 16-year streak. I'm putting one on the Leafs' six-year streak as well. Because that play-in in 2020 should not be counting for playoffs. But you know what? I'm not splitting hairs here, Mikey. We'll give them their 16 years. But the Pittsburgh Penguins are not making playoffs and there's plenty of reasons why hunter hodes of locked on penguins has been covering them all year long but me personally as a guy who's been victimized by the penguins year after year including 2017 i'm choosing to believe that it was dylan ferguson's first nhl start where he made 48 saves and got the regulation win over the penguins that's what kept them out of the playoffs mikey yeah that one not the 5-2 loss to chicago blackhawks the other night but that was the one that put that's the it. dagger in, uh, in the hearts of all Pens fans, Dylan Ferguson, the Fergler. <laughs> the Ferg burglar. Let's go. Now, I want to start with you, though. Obviously, uh, things got heated on, uh, was it Monday night, uh, where the Leafs and Lightning went head-to-head. 
I, I don't even care about your thoughts about the game right now because people can go to Lockdown Leafs and listen to that. But what were your thoughts on John Cooper's quote after the game? If anybody missed it, this was just a lawyer at heart doing what he does best. Deflecting, deflecting, deflecting. And if you're watching on YouTube, I've pulled it up as well. Courtesy of Eduardo Encina. Quote, there was zero intensity in that game. I'm telling you, there was none. It may have looked like it from the stands. That was an exhibition game. It wasn't even a regular season game. Clearly, there was a mandate going into that game. Yeah, that was just that's just an asinine comment. Like for anyone who watched that game, there were like 52 penalty minutes. There were two fights. Both teams were going after each other in scrums post whistle. Pretty much every af- after every single whistle. Like that had a very intense playoff feel to it. So uh, very much uh, an asinine comment and just the way that, you know, John Cooper pretty much getting in the minds of Leaf fans, I think, but also just kind of twisting the knife and trying to, to your point, deflect uh, what was probably a loss that Tampa not necessarily feels bad about, but like there's no Matthews, no Marner, no Giordano. They're playing their third string goaltender, Joseph Wall. And uh, who else? Sam Lafferty missed. They were literally played the game a man short, only dressed 17 skaters, and they still lost that game uh, to the Maple Leafs. So probably just deflecting to try and, and limit, you know, any type of advantage that he thought Toronto could have gained from that win by saying, it's a nothing game. There was no intensity. It wasn't, uh, it was, uh, uh, it went on to say it was an exhibition game. Like, I don't know. I, I that, that's literally what I'm, I thought it was just him trying to disarm Toronto into, you know, thinking that that game meant nothing to them. And, oh, you thought that was intense. Wait till next week starts when we really pop you in the mouth and we'll see what happens. But honestly, if anyone watched that game, there's no chance that there was, uh, zero intensity it was a very intense game like before the game there were comments coming out of the locker room of tampa bay something to the effect of uh who did i see with with those comments um nick paul your boy nicky paul had some comments earlier in the day talking about how you know the game means game means a lot it's a chance to set the tone and like that was the messaging coming out of the the tampa locker room pregame and all of a sudden this guy comes out with this post game. Like it's just such a garbage comment by John Cooper. Like he's, he's, he's always doing this. He's a master manipulator and I, I leave fans know it. So like no, no one's buying it here in Toronto. No one's buying that. Yeah. Well, it also takes away from the fact that the lightning have lost four games in a row. I was boots on the ground on Saturday in Ottawa, seven, four loss. And as we were talking about earlier before recording, like Brian Elliott, isn't going to see much action there. And he was a big reason for that seven, four loss. There's no question, but the lightning team like that, they don't scare me that much, which is crazy to say about a back to back to back Eastern conference champion, two time Stanley cup winner. But you got to think at some point these extra games might be catching up to them too, and the core isn't getting any younger either. Yeah, it feels like it might be. Honestly, it really does. Like in Toronto, if there's a year where everything's kind of going your way, it does feel like it's this season. I mean, everything could change come game one, and injuries could end up popping up into the equation. But you know, right now they're the healthier of the two teams, and the the deeper of the two teams, the better of the two teams. So. 
Um, I, I this is the season, man, that Toronto has to get it done because I I'm still of the belief that there's going to be some probably significant changes if they don't make it through the first round. It's a seventh straight first round exit for this club. Like every single uh, thing outside of one guy named Andre Vasilevsky, who is somewhat the ultimate equalizer, everything else points towards Toronto Maple Leafs. So got to get records. The home records are identical this year. 27, eight and six, 27, eight and five right now. Yeah. look Look at the road record, pal. The Lightning can't win on the road, and the Leafs have home ice in this. Uh, the, the Lightning are 18-22-1. To put that in perspective, the Buffalo Sabres, the Washington Capitals, both missed the playoffs substantially, have better road records than the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, this season. 18-22-1. But again, they now, also have the best goal in the world. Actually, I'll tell you exactly what, because uh, I was curious about that, so I texted uh, our boy Adam Danker over at Locked On, uh, Locked On Lightning, and asked him like point blank. I'm like, I got a couple questions for you. First of all, I want to get his thoughts on Hedman. So there's that. But then I said, what's the story behind their abysmal road record? And uh, his point was, when they're on the road, they allow teams to dictate the flow of the game early on. They're not assertive. They haven't been able to evolve their style all season long. Mm-hmm. So that's apparently the situation when they go play on the road. When they don't have the matchups to dictate the game, they yeah. seem to get exploited. And I think that is basically just because they don't have the depth they once used to, yeah. and in particular on the blue line. So teams can really kind of pick on that the bottom end of those blue liners. Like they're no longer three guys deep. Like last year, the last three years, they've had Hedman oh, on one that. pair, McDonough on the second pair, and Sergeyev on a third pair. Well, you no longer have that. And you don't have Hedman playing at the elite level that he's been at. He's lost a little bit of a step this year. He's been hey, flying through some injuries. No Luke Shen? Well, there's no Luke Shen, right? He's in <laughs> Toronto now. Uh, but Jan Ruta is actually – he was a big, big-time miss. Like, that guy was Hedman's top pair defenseman uh, partner, and he's not there anymore. So, like, that could be factoring into Victor Hedman's, uh, you know, slight decline this season. Uh, Sergich has been thrusted into – a second pair role where, you know, he's done okay. He's done pretty well, but still it's not Ryan McDonough, especially in his own end. And then the third pair, there's just no one on that line. Like it's just, they're playing like Kale Flurry and Nick Purvix. Like it's just, it's due to Kale Flurry couldn't make the Anaheim Ducks a year ago, two years ago. And now apparently he's going to play six games for you in the Stanley cup playoffs Ian Cole is, is going to be someone who's going to, you know, play 18 minutes for you in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty bleak down there. Yeah, I mean, talking about their road record in the two games they played in Ottawa this year, the Sens outscored them 14 to 6. They scored 14 goals in two games against these uh, against these Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see, yeah. though, because, again, teams like that, you're always wary that they're waiting for playoffs and they can just kind of flip a switch and make make everything go away. That is the that is the concern, but they've also allowed 23 goals in their last four games and are looking a little leaky. And you're hearing comments coming from the coach that sound, I don't know, to me they sound a little panicky. Like like they, it, it really does sound a tad panicky if you ask me from from Coop. There's Mike DeStefano's 9 a.m. alarm. Don't talk to him before 9 a.m. Don't talk to him before he's had his 9 a.m. And, and typically, that's that's a snooze button on that 9 a.m. alarm. That's just the 
That's hey, a by the way, alarm. you got to think about waking up. That's, that's a that rude is. alarm, though. That's not like a, hey, it's morning. That's like, get up, dude. Yeah, I guess that's why I'm maybe an angry morning person. It's not yeah. a it's not a pleasant wake up when, uh, when I get those alarms going. Leave us a comment on what Mike should change his alarm clock to because we need to get that a little smoother. How about the sound of the the bzzz that they do at the lightning arena when they score, like that static lightning electricity that they have up top? Maybe what the Florida Panthers and the and the cat yell? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. Maybe it's because I heard it seven times last week when Ottawa was down there in that yeah, wild, really. the wild fight fest. Panthers, um, Panthers yell. Oh, my God. I'm happy the Panthers got in. Let's get into the wild card race because it's been fun. We'll do that after a quick word. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode of Locked On NHL is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is fast and easy to buy tickets to all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. You got to browse through and see for yourself because Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Excuse me. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy. I love that because you always want to be able to picture where you're going. Imagine you buy tickets and you sit there and there's a pole directly in front of you. Not with game time. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email either. It's just easy to do, easy to do. So snag the tickets without the stress at game time. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. That's LOCKEDONNHL game time app. $20 off your first purchase. Go check them out at game time. All right, Mikey. Stanley Cup playoff matchups are set. I know here in Winnipeg, tickets are going on sale on Saturday, so I'm going to be locked on to the game time app Saturday just afternoon uh, central time. But it's the first whiteout. We'll save that for our friends over at the Western Conference edition of Locked On NHL. But it's a reminder that you can follow all of our great shows separately here on Locked On NHL. Of course, this is the flagship show where five days a week we have local experts on the biggest stories. But I would recommend following every single Locked On NHL channel because this is the time of year where half our hosts are giving you early draft coverage they're also following we do our hashtag sends abroad where we follow all of our former players how are they doing wherever they at but then the others are gearing up for the best time of year it is really remarkable the first round matchups that we could have mike if you're in charge who are we going to see in the first round because right now the only matchup that's set is the one we discussed tampa bay versus toronto there's some enormous implications in the final two games of the season, including or final two days, one game for most teams. Carolina doesn't even have the Metro wrapped up, and it felt like a foregone conclusion at the entry of 2023 that they were going to get that. 
I know it's crazy. Like the fact that it's all come down to, to the final two nights, uh, final game, basically the season for pretty much every single matchup, except for uh, that Toronto Tampa one, like either of these teams can, can end up with the one or two seed in the wild card in terms of the Islanders and the Florida Panthers. And to your point, also Carolina and Jersey can flip flop for that, uh, for that division. So Panthers it, are, sorry, the Islanders are done though. They they're already they've played yep. eight games. Eighty two, yeah. only team in the playoffs right now where where they've played eighty two of eighty two, and Sorokin could use the rest. I would imagine uh, that that would be pretty helpful for that guy because if if they're gonna do anything in the playoffs, I think they're gonna need him. And, and to be honest, if I, I kind of want the the Panthers now to pick up uh, pick up another point and and end up with that first wild card seed because I think the Islanders would actually give Boston a way better go. Like if I if I had it my way, I think I would make it uh, Islanders and Bruins as the round one matchup. I don't think the the Islanders are gonna upset the Bruins in the way that Columbus did to to Tampa many years ago. But I think that that goaltender could give them a run for their money. Like yep. I think they they could at least maybe steal uh you know two games and make it a six game series potentially. Whereas the Panthers, I'm I'm not sure I see them being able to to really put up that much of a fight as as uh, your boy's father, Matt, Walt, yeah, soft team. I don't know if that soft team is going to play very well in the playoffs. Well, Sam Bennett coming back would be a huge boost for them because he's, he's all nails. Like he's the kind of guy you want to have in the playoffs for sure. But yeah, they, I saw an interview on Bleacher Report where both Kachuk brothers sat down. It was actually before that wild meeting. Uh, down in Florida, and uh, apparently Walt's trying to take credit for being executive of the year after that uh, that speech on Ooh. on your station TSN 1050. They went on a heater. After Have they lost that, it? Though. No, uh, the OT loss. But other than that, OT loss. Yeah, they lost to they lost to Toronto because they lost. They won the next five games after they said that. It's six, I think. <laughs> like they legitimately went on and won like six straight games. It's crazy. So they it's lost five two in Ottawa. They lost five, two in Ottawa. Keith Kachuk goes on TSN 10 50. They're six Oh and one with a plus 18 goal differential since dude, the lion King, this wow. guy, this is Hamburglar 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's insane what this guy's been able to do to, uh, to put this team back in the playoffs. And I mean, I know that I one of my bold predictions at the beginning of the season was that the Panthers were going to miss out on the playoffs. But that was a bold prediction. And then I didn't think it was actually going to be as real as it possibly could have been. And it almost looked pretty good, like almost was able to catch that thing. Uh, But Alex Lyon has has come to the rescue and he has been unfreaking believable down the stretch here, uh, really just stealing games right now for them i mean you you watched that game were you in the building for the the game ottawa and and um the panthers no no that was down in florida i was was there for uh, tampa okay but dude like that was a game that ottawa just they dummied florida it's the most shots in a five goal loss since the 80s it was unbelievable like (laughs) you you looked at the box score after that game and you're like oof it was like seven two or seven one or something like 7-2, 7-2, the deserve to win a meter was 99.1% for Ottawa. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And it's like, dude, the Lion King comes up big and went on to, to you know, make a whole bunch more saves, obviously. 
he's unorthodox. Like he doesn't look confident while he's doing it. He's he's like flying all over the place. He looks like a fish out of water, but nothing. Dude. He looks like a hassock back there. He's making the saves though, and that's all that matters. Like the game against Toronto that they lost the other day in overtime, he made a stop on on Morgan Riley where probably the luckiest save of all time. Like Riley got a little bit of a backdoor. He was kind of leaking down the down the boards a little bit. Got a backdoor feed, and it looked like he was gonna put it in the back of the net. And Lyon like kind of falls over, but as he's falling over, like ends up getting the luckiest Marty Broder windmill type of save. Yeah. Just because he fell, <laughs> like it was, it was crazy the the luck that this guy's getting too. It's playing a part of it, but yeah, I I, I don't I don't see them I don't see them doing much damage once they get to the playoffs. Though honestly, I I I think that they're gonna kind of they're making it in. They're 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 just gonna you know limp into the playoffs here. But to me, whether it's Jersey, whether it's Boston, whether it's Carolina, I think all three of those teams will make pretty quick work of Florida where I think the Islanders could at least give the other teams uh give the other teams a, a, a go. So a bit of a wrench in this, the Florida Panthers are playing Carolina tonight. Hmm. So if Florida wins that game in regulation, then the devils have a path to win the division against Carolina, which would then alter the matchup again. So I think in, in all likelihood, if the Panthers are to get even a point, no, because yeah, because a regulation win would be needed for Carolina to hold the tiebreaker against New Jersey. Yeah, so Carolina will get the tiebreaker. I I need a Devils Rangers matchup, man. We've been we've been told we've been promised this all year. I mean, I it would be good, but like I think. Carolina, New York would be just as good a matchup, though, don't you? Like, well, the Rangers own Carolina, haven't they? Eliminated them multiple times. Well, I mean, they beat them last year, but like, I still think that it'd be a great matchup to see. Didn't they beat them two years ago too? Perhaps. Mm, I feel like it's a super lopsided, one of those random, just super lopsided records. And the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes always have a bunch of uh, former Rangers on their team. Yeah, that is true. I guess it works both ways now. Vinny Trocek's uh, move sides in that rivalry as well. But, yeah, it'd be a good matchup. <sighs> Come on. I just like the, the the close geographical matchups get me fired up. Yeah, the tri-state, little tri-state matchup with, with the Rangers and the Devils. Certainly, yeah, like if I am if I am making the schedule myself and if I'm, you know, ESPN, TSN, TNT, Sportsnet, whatever, like the rights holders – I probably would rather, you know, Jersey and, and New York. That's definitely more of a sellable series than than the Rangers in Carolina would be just because Carolina is, you know, a little bit more of uh, an unknown market, I suppose, despite having a really good team. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm with you where I would rather see Devils Rangers, but I, I, you know, wouldn't sleep on Carolina being able to put on a pretty good show against the Rangers as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like that. Now, when we look at, uh, and by the way, I was wrong. Uh, the Hurricanes swept the Rangers in the 2020 bubble, although the Rangers probably saying thanks because they ended up getting Alexi Lafreniere uh, out of that out of that deal. So not all not all bad, but um, either way, man, we're gonna have a fantastic playoff uh, coming up with the Eastern Conference: Carolina, New Jersey, New York Rangers. Those are your 
three teams order TBD in the Metropolitan Division. We have Boston, Toronto, and Tampa in the Atlantic, and the Islanders and Florida Panthers in the wild card. Coming up next, Mike. Really, really quickly. Really yep. quickly, buddy, because I'm just seeing this on uh, on The Athletic. It's, it was released today. Scott Powers, who's uh, a beat writer for the Blackhawks, caught up with Patty Kane. Does he do and- power rankings? Because, I mean, that's too easy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he does do them or not. I mean, he he has to realistically with a has name, to. a last name like Powers. He definitely has to. But uh, caught up with with Patty Kane, and I thought this was an interesting quote um, where he was asked, you know, now that he's gone from Chicago, like is he happy with the decision? And just because you know he he labored on it all season long, and then eventually, obviously made uh, made the move to to get to New York, and he said, I think I would have regretted it if I didn't come here. To be honest with you. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was funny. What? What's that? Shot at Johnny Taylor because he wasn't healthy at the time. There's, uh, there are some comments on John T. I haven't been able to read the whole thing, but, but there are some comments on, on, uh, on Johnny Tays and you know his future potentially. Um, so go read that in the Athletic by Scott Powers. But I did find it interesting how he said would have definitely regretted not making that trade. Well, you can't say that the Rangers regret it because they barely gave up anything. But do you think he's come as advertised? Five goals, 12 points in 18 games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like, I, what he was doing right ahead of that, uh, ahead of the trade where he was in Super Saiyan mode, I think, wasn't well, really sustainable. He had two goals, including the overtime winner right in front of my face. Yeah. The Jersey retirement night. Yeah, he was pretty good against uh, against the Leafs as well, like a couple days prior to that. So I, I don't think that was sustainable, but for him to come out here like a 12 points in 18 games type of thing, get you a couple of goals, play on the power play. Yeah, I think that's probably what you're expecting of him, um, but you're getting showtime for the playoffs. So we'll see what he does moving forward with them. Yeah, he's on a three-game point streak right now, three assists in his last three games. The New York Rangers. All right, coming up, I want to eulogize the Pittsburgh Penguins. And no, I'm not going to keep my hater hat on for the entire thing. I am actually very intrigued because the playoffs are usually better with Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin. It's the first time since 2006 since both those guys weren't in the playoffs. Mikey, Dominic Hasek was playing for the Ottawa Senators in 2006. Zdeno Chara was playing for the Ottawa Senators in 2006. I feel like I've lived 18 lifetimes since then, but now we've got a new era where young kids who, and I'm going to ask you this, Mikey, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Who is going to be the breakout star of this playoffs where he put, maybe he's had a good year already, but he's going to put himself into international superstardom with an elite playoffs. There's some good options. We'll get to that in the Eastern conference, by the way. Um, but I want to get to that and also eulogize the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's coming up next. You are locked on NHL. All right, you are locked on NHL on this Thursday, April 13th. Sorry for being a day late, but you're welcome for being an hour early. Nice early recording here. And playoff time, things age so quickly. We wanted to make sure that the New York Islanders did clinch a playoff spot last night. But with that, the Pittsburgh Penguins are out, eliminated. And a lot of a lot of the conversation 
uh, around Locked On Penguins over the last little while. And it's been such an up and down year for them. Like after Dylan Ferguson did beat them 2-1 in Pittsburgh, the next uh, episode, and that was like a month ago, was the Penguins are dead. <laughs> well, they ended up, you know, limping towards the finish line, ultimately just falling short. But where where do you draw most of the blame to with this Penguins team that had playoffs, if not Stanley Cup aspirations, and falling way short? Probably the goaltending. Yeah. Like Tristan Jari, he wasn't it. Um, wasn't able to, to stay healthy also. They had to rely on, you know, other guys like Casey DeSmith came in and he wasn't really good enough, I guess, to to play. But ultimately, to me, it definitely comes down to goaltending. I think there's, you know, I, there's an expiry date on every team and on every dynasty. You know, I guess you're not going to call this team a dynasty, but like that core has been together for like 15 years pretty much. And um, it, it seems like this season things just not that they fell apart, but it, it, it kind of feels like it's the end of that dynasty, the end of that core being dominant and being able to, you know, go into every game thinking that they could win it because they just, you know, weren't the same. Crosby had a spectacular year. Um, I don't even like where did Gino finish in, in, in points in terms of the season that he had. 83 and 81 dash 11 though is unlike uh malkin typically but still like point per game player like so they were able to to fill the net but dude gets like 35 tucks it it comes down to to goaltending it's that's that's at the end of the day i think they just weren't able to get uh the saves when they needed them and they ended up in track meets and it was also a tough season uh i mean jeff carter who could have seen 38 years old not the same player that he once was, but uh, Mike Sullivan was just intent on always keeping Jeff Carter in the lineup. And, uh, and he played 78 out of the 82 games, obviously uh, off ice uh, circumstances were, were tough on Crystal Tang this year from a stroke before the season. And then, um, and then obviously the untimely passing of his father, he missed 19 games. And uh, I think at times didn't look the same, but uh, of course you're just thinking of the, the person instead of the player there, uh, Jeff Petrie, who they had high hopes for. I mean, Mike Matheson was fantastic in Montreal under the bad circumstances there. And Jeff Petrie missed 22 games this year. So yeah, back end and goaltending like, dude, it's the year 2022, 23 and Dustin Tokarski was playing NHL games. I couldn't believe it when yeah. I saw he was in goal. I was like, the like Pierre Maguire, that famous infamous call in the World Juniors, where he just spazzed out after a big save. That feels like like uh, twenty five years ago, and uh, so I was shocked to see that. But obviously, you need to rely on your top guy and Tristan Jari when available. Had his ups and downs, and yeah, there was a game this year um, where it was the alternate of Ottawa, Florida, where Ottawa was was outshot heavily. But I think they scored four goals on 15 shots or something against Tristan yeah. Zari. Uh, five goals because uh, it was overtime game. Brady had the OT winner in that one. And uh, you're just like, man, you need to get a, a timely save now and again. So, yeah, I'm with you there. It's So what? where do they go next? You said it feels like it's over. Like if you were GM uh, and Ron Hextall might not be for longer. Did you see the memes where it's like uh, the Joker walking out of the hospital and it's on fire? And it just says yeah. Pennsylvania because people said he ruined the Flyers and now he's going over to you. <laughs> that's great. That's hilarious. Um, I don't know. Like, that's the weird part because you almost like they just went and re-signed everyone this past offseason. Like, there's still a couple years left of of Sidney Crosby's deal. You've got a couple more years of Latang and of Malkin after you just re-signed them. So it's almost like this team does have to, you know, 
keep competitive for the next two years as long as those guys are there. They just re-signed Brian Russ. Gensel's on a long-term deal. So, like, those players are all pretty much locked in long-term. I mean, the only guy who is leaving is Jason Zucker, uh, who is a UFA. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, who else is really of any consequence that's a UFA that's taken off here? Like, Brian well, Dumas, Jerry, maybe. Tristan Jari's UFA. So well, I'm not too worried about that, to be honest. That opens up cap space to go and get a more reliable goaltender. Like, Don't look at the free agent market, though. Well, yeah, you could go and you could make a trade. You could try and do something there. But I, I think that uh, that's that's what they need to do at the end of the day is, is try and shore up that goalie position. Unfortunately, Tristan Jari uh, wasn't wasn't the guy, was not the guy uh, to, to get it done this year. Like a, a guy to 290 goals against, and uh, it's just that's not going to win you a whole lot of hockey games. So if, if they can get themselves a goaltender, I think they could be back in the fight next year. And courtesy of Cap Friendly, we're pulling it up if you're watching on YouTube. You can follow along at Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts, including as you're watching here on YouTube. And uh, yeah, Mike, this is uh, this is tough sledding for the Pittsburgh Penguins that y- you have you have two more years of Sidney Crosby at eight point seven million dollars. Now I don't know what the future holds for him after this deal. Um, certainly, he's the one who was obsessive with eight point seven, so he took a huge pay cut, allowed his team to build around him, but. Like, does he get a courtesy, like, raise? Because, I mean, this guy's been underpaid forever. Like, I don't know what happens with with Cross. All those East Coasters are on good contracts, though. I guess McKinnon might be the exception once his kicks in. Does he even continue after the two years over? Like, he'll be, what, 38? I feel like his whole personality is hockey. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Like, at some point, he's going to have to retire. I think, like... When did uh, Gretzky retired at like 38, didn't he? But again, Gretzky, just like Crosby, like they're so superstitious. Gretzky retired in the year 1999. Like, yeah, I guess, you know, Crosby won't go into 2087. But, oh, no. But like Gretzky in his last season had, oh, shit. Yeah. 62 points in 70 games, but he was dash 23 and only had nine goals. What a bum. Yeah. What a bum. I mean, yeah, that's that's actually insane. But he was 38 years old. Sid 35 right now, but Sid just had 91 points, dude. No, oh, he's still got it, man. Like, trust me, he's. I'm not thinking he's hanging up anytime soon. But I don't know. After that contract, he might decide. You know, I'm I'm still got my health. I I'm gonna go out, go out now. I don't know. This is such a kick in in the behind for Penguins fans if they're still listening to this. It's like not only are we eulogizing this season, but now we're like, hey, in two years, Sid might be retiring. And then that's curtains, buddy. That's curtains for that organization. Yeah. They traded really? all their picks too. It's like, not like they have, you know, a whole lot of draft capital and prospects in the cupboard to, you know, like keep this thing going. It, they've, they've given all of that up to try and keep it going the last couple of years. And unfortunately just weren't able to, uh, to get it done this season. What'd they do with the deadline? Did they make any moves at the deadline? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. They brought in Mikel Granlin for some reason. He's got oh, two years left. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a bizarre deal. Like, there's rumors that they were in on um, J.P. Miller. He had one goal in 20 games. Yeah, he was awful. Like, flat out awful. Yikes. That was the reason why they lost. There you go. That was the reason. Raquel, who they brought in at the deadline last year and then re-signed, he had a great year. Yeah. He was solid. 
interesting times ahead for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But let's well, let's end today's show talking about the players who are there rather than the ones that aren't. Who's really, a player you want really to finish? Quickly. Up yeah, I do want to finish up really quick because this was uh, a conversation that was floated into a group chat that I was in last night between the two teams, Pittsburgh and Washington, right? Crosby and Ovi. Uh, who's more likely to make the playoffs again in their careers? I love that question. I'm going Pitt. I hate to say it, but I'm on pit. If Backstrom was 100% healthy, I could be like, oh, you know what, the core. And John Carlson, I think, is going to be back for a full year. That'll help. They just, Washington had so many injuries this year. The thing is, like, I think they both can get back into the playoffs next year. No, because Ottawa and Buffalo are coming. Yeah, I think they're coming. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I still think that. Like that, that, on the way out, though, too. But I, I think that you look at that team in, in Washington, and I think they just had a really down year. But they somewhat – they moved out, guys, and, like, almost re- are reloading. Yeah. They, they punted did. on the year and are reloading. Like, there's some UFAs that are going to go. Like, Craig Smith are going to pick up some money there. Connor Sheary is a free agent. They could pick up some money there. They traded out some money. And they've got uh, a couple draft picks as well and some younger players that they traded for at the deadline just to try and, you know, reload. So I think they could be active in the trade market and in free agency and somewhat uh, be competitive again next year. Assume that everybody else who is dealing with the injury bug this year, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, who's, I guess, technically a free agent, I believe. Um, like if those guys come back and can contribute, I think they could be a playoff team next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really intri- interested at both of theirs, right? We talk about how long these streaks are and, and which one is going to kind of cower to that and be like, hey, it's time to rebuild, if either. Or- Dude, I don't think you can. When you have Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, you owe it to them for what they've given you at the discounts that they've given you. You owe it to them to stay competitive. If that means you're going to be a black hole organization for like three, four years after that, so be it you got to stay competitive for them. You owe it to them. Totally. And uh, no points against Chicago, but we do have to give stick tap. Sidney Crosby just reached the 1,500-point plateau in the NHL. 1,500 points. That is that is worthy of stick taps. A uh, couple other milestones. Uh, Joe Pavelski hit 1,000 points. Claude Giroux hit 1,000 points. First time, Mike. So they were the 96th and 97th players to reach 1,000 points. The first time that two players have done it on the same day kind of cool they've got a lot of similarities between them as well captain in one spot move over to like a veteran leadership role but then work their way and be like no we're still first liners we're just going to help out the kids like he's been doing with robertson and stutzla in uh respectively kind of cool that they're still kicking at 35 37 yeah i find it funny and maybe it's because i'm in canada so it was like a canadian market thing but it seemed like everybody was on Giroux watch that night and like that was heavily advertised that you know, everyone on Giroux watch could get to thousand points tonight and he did it. But then you're seeing highlights. Oh, and another guy gets to a thousand. It's like his name wasn't even mentioned as a possibility of getting to a thousand. It was all about Giroux. And then all of a sudden, boom, Joe Pavelski ends up getting there as well. That was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, Pavelski's sick. He's, he's awesome. And, and you know, it's funny too, because well, Giroux added his thousand and first point later mm. in the game. Oh, so did, so did uh, Pavelski. Get this, Giroux, 78 points this year, Pavelski, 77. So they needed like the exact same amount to get there. And not to brag, but the day Giroux signed in Ottawa, he was at 923 points. I said he was getting it this season. So 
Uh, nice hot take that uh, that uh, seared the steak just perfectly uh, for me over at Locked On Senators. But man, what a season! I'm mad I missed it by one game. Drew got the empty netter in the game against Tampa, and then the two first period uh, tallies got them over the hump. But I really want to a- ask you this question here. I think it's a fun one. Who's going to be the breakout star of this postseason? Because next time you and I talk, Mikey, next Wednesday, game ones are going to be in the books. <sighs> a breakout star, like like superstar, like you could like. He's not going to be my choice, but like I would accept like Jack Hughes as an answer, who's kind of like elevated. Okay, so he's already a star, but hasn't made that playoff mark yet. International star, where it's like, okay, everyone, like if they're in the states, like you said, Pavelski, it's a thousand points. Nobody up here really cares. No, in the playoffs, that's where you can make your brand. You know, three steps forward. All right, let me see who we got. Kind of like Kale McCarr did, right? Like when they won the the uh, championship. Dude, if if you didn't, if Kel McCarr wasn't already a superstar in your mind, that's fair. I don't know if you're a hockey fan, to be honest with you. That's like, fair. and I feel the same way about Jack Hughes. Like, it'd be dirty to use Jack Hughes. Like, I know he hasn't made his mark in the playoffs, but like that guy is a a an absolute superstar. Right. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, you know who might be if if they go on a long run, I would think that Martin Nakash could end up being like a, a household name. He's gonna do some damage. He's sick. Yeah, right. And like, I feel like he hasn't quite, like, he's having a big year, but I don't know how many people have noticed it. But come playoff time, I think they'll figure it out. You know, it's a sneaky one, honestly. And, and this is a, uh, this is completely a homer pick on my end. But people are going to, I think, put a little respect on the name Jake McCabe in a week's time. Okay. Jake McCabe is a guy who, not from a, he's not going to be a superstar because of the game he plays, but people are going to respect him more as a complete warrior. Like, the way that he played the other night against Tampa Bay, if he could replicate that over a seven-game series, like, people will be looking at this guy as, you know, like, I, I actually am not even going to use that as a, as, a, as an option. I was going to say, like, a Keith Seabrook-type thing as a shutdown <laughs> defensive defenseman of, like, Brent Seabrook, but probably not that. Uh, that'd be a little hyperbolic. But still, like, just a solid, reliable shutdown defenseman. I think he'll get some respect there. Okay, I'll go with Patrick Kane. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Good one. Hey, you know what? Actually, legitimately, I'll st- I'll give you one more on that team. He kind of started his breakout last year. I think he continues it in the playoffs this year. Philip Heedle. Yeah, he's so sick, dude. Yeah, he's so much fun to watch. Um, you know what? Because I like you and me, like we're blue and red pom poms with the New York Rangers. We absolutely love them. Um, you know who's had a sneaky, unbelievable year and and will continue in the playoffs? Keandre Miller. Oh yeah. He's so filthy, dude. And yeah. I think when the physicality ramps up, if he sometimes I don't think he plays mean enough. Like he's so smart with the puck, but he needs to remember sometimes that he's built like a linebacker. He's 6'5, 220. Like I want him like Braden Schneider, the other uh, rookie defenseman on the Rangers, who's also sick. Uh, but he's like nah, he's he's like mean out there. I want to see Keandre Miller add a little bit more to his mean streak. And I think he's gonna be like the stud of the playoffs, man. 43 points this year, but I'm going to be watching Keandre Miller as, as my breakout candidate. And yeah, he's not going to score a point per game or anything, but when you look at what he's going to bring on the defensive side of the puck as well, uh, I'm going to be fired up to watch Keandre Miller. So I'll give you that. And then a, a bonus Homer pick too at West. Cole Perfetti's coming back, baby. I think he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy in that power play unit. Yo, by the way, I had no idea how sick Nino Niederreiter is. That guy can play puck. 
Dude, he's always been a good player. He's been a really good player. Just, you know, been on bad markets, right? Like he was in on the island when they were irrelevant. He was in Carolina and then he was in Minnesota. Like just kind of in bad markets. And now he's still in a bad market. They needed exactly that this year. And, and he's brought it and more. So again, man, the, the, the Islanders and uh, the Islanders and Jets to me are like the exact same team, both wild cards. But to me, it's like, you got Goal you got thing. probably the best goalie in the in the playoffs in your conference. How how good dude Hellbuck started 13 straight games and they made the playoffs in the last day. This yeah. guy has been ridiculous. Starting back to backs and everything. I'll give you one more bonus pick. One more bonus pick. I think you're gonna I like bonus? it a lot. Just kidding. You ready for it? Yeah. Dawson Mercer. Mm-hmm. Yes, bye. Get Noofy. Dawson Mercer will be a household name within the next two weeks. People will be talking about this kid. He'll score some unbelievable goals. You know, he plays a good hard style that could, you know, relate, translate well into the playoffs. I think Dawson Mercer will be a name that people will be using quite a lot over the next couple of weeks. I looked at him. I looked at Jesper Brad. I looked at the Devils. But to me, if you're going to make a, a run, that's when you get that fame or that kind of notoriety. So I can't pick a, a Ranger and a Devil, assuming to me that they're going to meet in the first round. So I do like that pick, though. I think Dawson Mercer has been a sneaky, like, redraft or way too early redraft of top 20, 20 picks. He's he's top 10 easily. And I didn't. I don't think he went till the mid-20s, did he? Uh, I think he was like late teens. Yeah, 18, yeah, maybe something like that. Eighteen yeah. overall. He, he's nasty. He brings speed to the game. He brings everything. Um. Oh well, since this is our last show before playoffs, last last thing, give me your give me your cup pick. Or or here here it's the why Eastern we save Conference. it for next week? Why we save that for next week? Okay, but since it's the Eastern Conference edition, give me your. I guess yeah, we don't even have the matchups, eh? That's yeah. it. Like, I don't know who's going through where, who's going to be playing. Let's wait till next week because by then it'll be, you know, we'll see the first games of yeah, everybody. Okay. And then I think we'll have a, a better understanding of, of how things will look. Eastern Conference Stanley Cup preview coming next week after the playoffs start. I like it. Uh, final thoughts today, Mikey. I got to tell you, I went to FanDuel plus 550. I got uh, Tampa to win in seven. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here i don't even want to talk to you anymore we're not friends the leaf pile will be uh well i saw there's some tears in uh in the leaf pile last night jurassic park at the time but uh blowing a 19 point lead in a must win game yikes that's that's tough for people like me who are on them on FanDuel. when it got close i was like oh they're making it close nice the odds will be good and that's like wait 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 not this close no 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 yo yeah. but final yeah. thoughts for me the NBA, they cannot continue letting DeMar DeRozan's kids shriek after every single free throw. Imagine sitting right in front of that. Dude, I literally never wanted, like, I've never wished harm on a child in my life. But, like, the fact that that, that little girl was able to stay in that arena the entire night. times. Dude, and it was effective. That's the worst part. The, the Raptors shot 50% from the free throw line with that little girl shrieking at the top of her lungs. Like, oh, my God, I was so annoyed by it. Like, I honestly wanted someone to pull her out of that arena by her hair. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you, you look, do you think Do you think they'll let her go to Miami and do that again? So I thought I saw that. Uh, no, it was a one-time thing. Oh, cool. Not going not gonna to continue this. 
outside of Toronto. This yeah. was the Uncle Kyle. Me. Uncle yeah. Kyle would uh, would not be having it. Yeah, it was a little bit of an fu from uh, uh, the DeRozan Rose family, family to Fair. the team. Fair. He didn't get his ring, so. Well, I don't know if anyone would have got a ring if DeRozan didn't sacrifice himself that way. But uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? That's crazy. That's crazy. That was absolutely wild. Anyways, what's really wild for all you hockey fans out there is the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's coming. And for all you sickos out there, we're less than a month away from the Connor Bedard draft lottery. So get set for all of that coming up over the next month. Make sure you're following your favorite and all of the Locked On NHL channels. You can find them on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in Locked On and then the team's name. That's all you need there. For today, we say goodbye. For Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On NHL Podcast. It's your team every day.